0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the
1: big nasty, yeah, big nasty, of fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby.
0: This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I catch you today for episode 124. Now, today's episode is special because I, I feel like I had to go to Helen back to get us able to record and, and bring you guys this episode. To catch you up on all the buck stuff, we are in the middle of training camp. Pads went on a little over a week ago. So we've got all the updates in the world for you about that, but this is also the first podcast that I'm recording in my new place and, uh, you know, much easier said than done moving everything back over here, getting it set up, but there's a whole Wi-Fi debacle. Like we were supposed to get a show out a week ago and it just didn't happen because certain, uh, certain internet providers are the way that they are, but I think we're past the problem. Wi-Fi is holding up great. We are back at you guys today with a brand new episode. Welcome back. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Join alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend?
2: I'm doing pretty good, and it's actually been longer that you guys have not seen me because I wasn't on the last episode. So, um, Johnny Johnny B did a great job filling in, and you know it was an entertaining show, but... I'm back now, so uh, let's get this bad boy rolling. Uh, yeah, making his return
1: from the physically unable to perform list. We we're worried about you, man. It was you know, one of those big training camp departures that you just don't need, and uh, I'm glad we were able to get you back on the roster this week, so we are fired up and ready to get this episode underway. So, yeah, a lot of stuff happening in the realm of Buccaneer news. Again, training camp back underway, but let's talk about some of the things that have happened. Aside from training camp, Bucks made an acquisition on that defensive line That was big veteran defensive tackle Kyle Love. He spent some time with New England and Carolina, but, you know, if there's anything I can say about this man, uh, he's just a bowling ball of a fella, and they have really brought him in to bolster up the middle of that defensive line. I know they made some comments about him being able to play on each side if they wanted to move him around, but what are your thoughts on Kyle Love and what he brings to the table?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, for, for what... The, the Bucks cap situation is, this is probably going to be the best that they're going to be able to do in terms of, you know, depth signing. So I think it was solid. Uh, I believe he spent six seasons with Carolina, I think. So, I mean, he was a long time backup there. He was able to make that team. So, um, you know, in six years, he was playing on some pretty good Carolina defenses then as well. So uh, I think he'll, he'll be a guy that's just going to be able to just provide more depth. You, you don't want to have to rely on a rookie or an undrafted free agent, you, you don't want to do that. Um, so I, I think that it was smart. Another guy that basically just got what LaShawn McCoy did, the veteran minimum on a one-year deal, that's basically all the books can offer to these guys pretty much, um, which is why a guy like Clay Matthews just is not realistic right now unless he really comes down and he would have to accept the minimum. But I don't see that happening. So, I mean, for for what they had in terms of cap, Kyle Love is a a solid solution. Uh, I think he's going to provide more against the run than rushing the passer, uh, which I feel like they need more guys that can rush the passer. But, I mean, on the open market, you're not going to get a guy that's going to get you, you know, even five or six sacks for a minimum deal, that's just not gonna happen. So
1: and having that uh, pass rusher is definitely important. I mean Shaq Barrett had that big year last year, but you don't know how many teams are studying the film on him. I mean, how much yeah, more they not, know than he's they not did. gonna get nineteen and a half. No, now. he's definitely I mean he, the hell do we know? Nobody said he was gonna get nineteen and a half last year, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. And um, you know, I can understand that for the Bucks though and their emphasis on that run defense, number one run defense in the NFL last year, and I know that for them a big staple of that defense was just kind of keeping it familiar, keeping it, uh, what's the word that I can't keep track of right now. Continuity. uh, Continuity. Yeah, sure. And I I guess they're going to want to do whatever they can to really fasten down and make sure it's the number one run defense in the NFL yet again. But, you know, Kyle love uh, again, I totally agree with you. A big facet in the run game, a good rotational guy. And, uh, We'll see what he can do. Now, a couple more headlines out of training camp involve some injuries at some key positions. One of them's a running back and the other kind of a Swiss Army knife we've talked about before. First one is TJ Logan. He went down with, I believe, the same injury that Cadillac Williams had. Um, And then John Franklin also had a leg injury. So both of those guys placed on IR. And I know TJ Logan, it was floating around, not necessarily season ending, but even then being placed on IR is a pretty big blow. And uh, you hate to see it for both of those guys.
2: Yeah, this is likely going to end both of their seasons, um, especially, you know, yeah, I got like TJ Logan, who could have been impossible in line for the kicker turn and punt return job. Uh, a guy that Bruce Arians trusts, he, he drafted him in Arizona, he had him in Arizona, brought him to Tampa, and he just had some bad luck, he got injured last year when it felt like they were kind of hitting their stride, they were getting some decent returns, and now the Bucs are going to have to look to, you know, maybe uh, a guy like Raymond Calais, the seventh round pick, uh, do you really want to put a rookie back there, I don't know. Uh, and then you know, like Dario Gamboale, Justin Watson, just very uninspiring. I think uh, Jadon Mickens, uh, he ha- has has returned a few as well. He has experience doing it. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, TJ Logan, I think, would have been the lead guy for, like, that return spot. And right now, you know, he's gone. So uh, it's going to have to be the next man up as As far as John Franklin goes. I, I was curious to see what they were going to do with, with him. I, I thought... Without a preseason, it would kind of suck for him, but he just wouldn't have enough opportunities to do like what he's gonna be asked to do, which is just be like that guy that like those wildcat formations, almost like you know the Bucks, uh, like a Taysom Hill kinda. That's what they were gonna try. I mean, I think every NFL team now is just trying to model after the Saints with Taysom Hill, and I think the Bucks could have tried that. So I mean. It's a tough blow there that they won't have that kind of gadget player, that fun little guy that they can, you know, um, they can use. But I don't know if he was going to make the team anyway, honestly, uh, because he's listed as a wide receiver, I believe, but he can play running back, quarterback, he can even play corner on the other side of the ball. So I, I'm not a hundred percent sure he was even going to make the team. I think TJ Logan, if he was healthy. I think he was going to make the team. I mean, Pewterport had said that he looked pretty darn good in those practices early on, and I think he was going to make this team. So, I mean, right now, hopefully, you know, they're going to get a shot next year, and hopefully, you know, with with a full four preseason games, uh, most likely, I would say, and hopefully, I would say, um, you know, they, they could have another shot to make this roster the the right way and not have to go on IR. So it right. sucks to lose both of them, but just uh, another thing with ne- next man up
1: and with TJ Logan you know you had brought him up Bruce Arians had actually brought up how you know people talked about him in that return game being one of those punt returner, kick returners but Bruce Arians of all people was saying you know this guy should be considered as a running back as well and I mean maybe he would have thrown a wrench in the plans of what we expected that running back room to be but either way just like you said a shame for both of those guys to have their seasons go out like that now I wanted to move on, and I wanted to take a chance to do something that we don't do very often here on the show um, and kind of toot our own horn a little bit.
2: Uh, Breaking Um, news here. Uh, So Adam Schefter tweeted, Former Cardinal Center A.Q. Shipley is reuniting with his former Arizona head coach Bruce Arians in Tampa. Per source, the two sides have reached agreement pending physical when protocol allows so uh that'll likely be your backup center there aq shipley
1: okay look at that i mean as soon as we get to the chance to blow our own horns you know we got some breaking news come in but the fact that we were able to catch it this time and then not finish recording and then five minutes later this breaking seems news like that happens. always happens
2: well i mean you know aq shipley is bigger than gronkowski so uh, <laughs> right and god we we're gonna stop to show.
1: the show no, I'm glad we're able to get that in there. So some breaking news for you guys. AQ Shipley, your new backup center, pretty much got that position fortified. Feels pretty good. Nice addition to the line right there. Um, So back to what I was saying before. Let me not hurry too quickly just in case we have some more breaking news. Uh, but something that we don't really get to do a lot here on the show is toot our own horn. And, and recently there has been a guy in training camp that uh, – it has just been taking that young secondary by storm, and it's an undrafted free agent by the name of Parnell Motley out of Oklahoma. Back in April, Evan Wanish, the Philly Bucks fan himself, made a bold prediction that uh Parnell Motley was gonna come into camp and he was gonna beat MJ Stewart for his spot as pretty much that fourth cornerback on the Bucks roster. Well, since pads have come on, MJ Stewart is no longer a Buccaneer, and Parnell Motley has absolutely burst onto the scene. I think he's got four picks total, including one or two that were barely out of bounds that did not count. Um, Bruce Arians actually brought him up in his press conference today, and he basically said, if that kid keeps making plays every day, he's going to get a job. So, I mean, this guy's lighting the world up. Evan, uh, you were right, guy.
2: Yeah, feels good. You know, not, it. not often that you're right, to be honest with you, and, you know, in terms of me. Um, normally when it comes to this football team, I am dead wrong. But, you know, and that's why people don't even listen to me. But, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I hope they listen to me after that. You know, after the draft, I said that, like, I don't know why this guy went undrafted. And I'm not saying he would have been a second-round pick, but he should have been, like, a fourth or fifth-round pick. And he's showing you exactly why. Now, will this translate the games? Probably not right away. Probably not, maybe ever. But I mean, the fact that he's doing this in practice shows that he can be a good depth piece. You're not really, you don't have to rely on him to be anything, really. I think you have your top three corner spots locked up for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, why not? You know, depth is always good. And I think they got a guy in, in Motley. So,
1: a good practice and a good training camp speaks volumes. It's a cool I mean, name, too. Yeah, it is pretty it's damn like cool. Carnell Motley. Like, it's,
2: it sounds cool. Yeah. But, he doesn't have the best number though. I'll give him that, what's it, like 39 or something? You gotta change that.
1: No, nah, it might be. Everybody's getting new numbers this year, so he might as well be able to pick before the season starts. But yeah, Parnell Motley, he's come in and he's been a pleasant surprise. And uh you had brought up that, you know, you don't need him to be the guy. You don't need him to translate these awesome training camps into week one football and get two picks in a game. But it's nice to know. And I think it's nice to know that you have that guy there who is showing these flashes. Um, and it's just it kind of leaves less of a question mark about the departure of MJ Stewart. You know what I mean? Because before, I know we would have brought it up on the show, MJ Stewart, former mid-round pick, out of here. But where does that leave us now? Parnell Motley looking promising so far, so we will look forward to seeing if that translates come week one. Now, there's another guy in that secondary that hasn't been making all the best headlines in the world this training camp, but it is Justin Evans And uh, in one of his recent press conferences, Bruce Arians gave us somewhat of an update on the 2017 second round pick. Now, for those of you not caught up, the latest issue has been a nagging foot injury that required surgery. And it actually cost him most of the 2019 season. I believe all of it, actually. Um, And it still has him on the physically unable to perform list to start the 2020 campaign. So they asked Bruce about it during his press conference, and he's like, I don't know. You'd have to talk to Jesus at this point because I literally have no clue when this guy's going to be back. So for Bruce Arians to kind of refer us to a higher power on the return date for Justin Evans doesn't look promising. And Evan, you know, I just don't see any room for this guy on this team anymore,
2: unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was on my phone there a little bit. Not any more breaking news? Stuff. No, no, none, none of retains pertains to the Bucks. Okay, good stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the the Sixers fired Brett Brown. But yeah, I did see that. I, I'm, a, I'm a Brett Brown guy, but I'm not here to talk about that depressing basketball team. No, um, oh, we're here to talk about your depressing hockey team. Well, I guess every team is depressing that I follow because, I mean, if you look around the board, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, Bucks. I mean, yeah, you ain't got too many winners there. Yeah. Uh, But you know, back to back to a depressing story with Justin Evans. Um, Yeah, this guy just—it's a shame, and I have no idea how. Like, there's got to be something else that's wrong. I just don't see how a foot injury—that I mean, I know like he rushed it back. Like I remember he played in that Carolina game, the same game that Andrew Adams got three picks. He played in that game, but like he he went out like early. He's like he rushed it back. I don't think I think that could have cost him his career. Because something might have happened there, and I just don't see how this guy does not get cut. Like, and,
1: and and we've been at the point I believe last year as well. You know we brought it up. There was a day that he was back in pads, well back in his uniform on the field. He was running like around, he was practicing, yeah. running around. Yeah, and then the next day he was back in his brace, and and it's really been no progress since then either.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, and then they were hopeful that he would have been ready for camp. Uh it's unfortunate that he didn't really have much of an off season program. So like you weren't really able to to get, you know, to get, you know, like looked at by trainers, the Bucks trainers, stuff like that. But it's a shame. Talented player. That that's that's the big shame of it. He is a guy that I believe would have been. Obviously, he wasn't the best safety, but just a, a ball hawk. Where I mean, we've brought it up on the show before, but it's a shame because I just I and I don't think he's gonna go on to have another career. I think his career's done. Like if if this guy's not coming back now, the last time he played was 2018. I just. I don't see I don't see a way he comes back from this. So I mean now you're talking of the 2017 draft class, which looked pretty good for the Buccaneers, included O.J. Howard and Chris Godwin. Two big like a ginormous hit with Chris Godwin. And then OJ Howard looks promising, which actually looks really good in camp. But then your second round pick, Justin Evans. Injury, never likely to play again. And then the third round pick, Kendall Beckwith. Injury, never going to play again. I mean, that's that's tough, you know. And it, it really sucks for both those guys. They're really talented. And it's a shame, but at the end of the day... I just, I don't see, they gave him a spot last year. I don't see that happen again this year. So I think just like they waved Kendall with this off season, I think they're going to cut Justin Evans uh, before the final cuts come in.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, the way that you look at what the Bucks did in the draft after that as well, you know, since they drafted Justin Evans, um, they've put a lot of early round picks in that secondary. I, I mean, three picks at the safety position since then. They got Jordan Whitehead in 18, Mike Edwards in 2019, and then they got Antoine Winfield Jr. this year. So for Justin Evans to not only fight his way back to be healthy enough to you know actively compete on this roster, it's a pretty stacked room. You know the Bucks have a lot of starters in that secondary, at least a lot more than they did when they drafted a guy like Justin Evans. So as much of a shame as it is, it's just unfortunately you know the way that it is right now. But I did want to get into this next topic we've got, and it's a voicemail, by the way. So you guys, if you did not know. The Cannon Fire hotline is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week to take your phone calls. 813-433-0323 is the number to call. And by the way, I've actually got to get like a greeting on there because like it doesn't – the the greeting that I've got is just the automated greeting. And I think a lot of people don't know what they're calling, but – I can assure you, if we don't answer, it will be ready to record your voicemail. So we a it, call. it is
2: it is us. If you get the number right, it's not some <laughs> random number you called. It's...
1: I'm going to look up how to change the greeting so it'll be updated for you guys. But if you ever want to give us a shout, give us a topic, something to cover, that's the way to do it. 813-433-0323. So this week, we get a call from our guy, Liam. Now, this is a longer voicemail, and the tone of it is uh, angry, apprehensive, maybe. Um, But I'm going to play this one out. It's about three and a half minutes. And and to sum it up, he's just not buying this Rojo hype. So we're going to jump right into it. Liam, what have you got, my friend?
0: Hey, Cannon Fire Podcast. Uh, This is Liam. I'm a big fan. I uh, listen to the podcast every week uh, or whenever you guys upload. Uh, But I got something I need to get off my chest, and that is I'm tired of you guys hyping up Rojo, I just don't understand it. I watched every game of this season, and while you guys like to talk about that, oh, he had some flashes, and oh, he had some good runs that were taken away because of holding or because of false start, whatever you want to say it is, I just do not understand this hype. I think he's pretty terrible. Truth be told, I think that you guys give him way too much the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think I'm alone here. Truth be told, I personally think that I saw better moments and flashes when it came to third down and fourth fourth quarter drills with Daré Agumbalawe. It, I just don't understand why you guys love Rojo so much. I don't think he's going to be good this year. He wasn't good last year, and he wasn't good his rookie year either. And you can say that was because of Dirk. You can say it was because of Bruce Arians not using him appropriately. I don't care. I think he's pretty trash, and everyone that I talk to that's a Bucks fan pretty much agrees with me. I would love to hear you guys talk about his ups and downs, his possibilities, possibly what other fans think. But I am just tired of every week you guys talking about how good he's going to be and that he's the guaranteed first down or that he's guaranteed the number one running back spot. I just I personally do not see it. I don't see the hype. I don't understand why you guys love to talk about how great he is. When personally, I watched him every week gain one yard, gain two yards, lose one yard. And I understand our, our offensive line is not very good. And maybe if we got the man a better offensive line, that he would be better. Hey, sorry I was rambling, but this is Liam. I live in Tallahassee. I'm a huge Bucks fan, have always been. And I love my Bucks and can't wait to see what they do. But like I said, I am tired of you guys hyping up how good Rojo's going to be. The man's not that good. You know, say what you want, that it was a bad offensive line or that there was constantly holding or penalties that were going our way that took away his good runs. But truth be told, he's not a good running back. He's been a total waste of, what, a second-round pick so far. Just I don't understand why you guys like to hype him up so much. I would love to see what other fans think as well. I just don't see his potential. I don't think he's very good. I think there's a reason why we drafted Kayshaun Vaughn. And, uh, you know, bad offensive line or not, there are running backs across the league who have bad offensive lines, but who have produced. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, what gives? We have not the best offensive line, arguably better than two of those teams right there, yet Rojo cannot produce. I don't think he's very good, and I think he's a bust, but I would love to See what other fans think. And I believe a lot of fans agree with me on this one. I think you guys overhype them and give him too much of the benefit of the doubt. All right. Peace out. Have a good one. This is Liam. Big Bucks fan from Tallahassee. Love the show. Thanks for everything.
1: So very long-winded voicemail from our boy Liam from Tallahassee. But regardless, we do appreciate you calling in, friend. Um, And, and to sum it up nicely, Evan, as you heard, he he just doesn't buy the Rojo hype. He's tired of hearing us talk about it. You know, he feels like bad offensive line or not, whether people wanted to blame it on Dirk, whatever the case is, he has seen enough and he believes it is just a complete waste of a second round pick that we put in Ronald Jones. He sees better flashes and Dario Gambawale and he truly believes that we drafted Keyshawn Vaughn to come in here and be the replacement. Liam, let me start off. You're entitled to your opinion, friend. You 100% are entitled to your opinion. You're an American. You live in Tallahassee, Florida, which is even better because Florida, baby, that's what's up. But my thing with Rojo and maybe him putting on some weight, maybe those social media clips have got everybody hyped up beyond the realm of how good we think he's going to be. But I look at Ronald Jones and when I talk about those flashes, you know, the hundred plus yard game against the Rams that was called back, I believe he had a hundred yard game against Arizona. It wasn't called back, but it was a hundred yard overall game between passing yard, or uh, catching, you know, what I'm talking receiving yards and rushing yards. Excuse me. The point that I'm trying to make is that with Rojo, I just see a lot of uncapped potential. You know, there were a lot of times last season where I felt like I came on the show and I was like, why the hell is he not on the field? because he would get rolling, and then he would be swapped out with Peyton Barber. And maybe it would be the the end-of-the-game chew-clock situation, which we came to the conclusion that Peyton Barber was better at last year. But if this guy's going to get any better, and he's going to address most uh, most of the complaints that you've given us, I just think he needs more time on the field. And the time that he is on the field, I've seen some pretty special things from him. That run that he had, I believe the Houston game, oh my God, dude. I mean, this guy... He shows off that he has the vision to be an elite ball carrier. You know, he had a he had a pretty bad fumble against Arizona last year, um, but you know, there's a lot of things where I just feel like he is he's trending upwards. And I'll kind of stand off of my soapbox now. I'll pass it to Evan. But but what do you think of Rojo? Are you hyped? Do you think people are overshooting this, or are you in the boat with Liam? What do you, what do you think?
2: Uh, well, I I think. I don't know if he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher. I'm not even close to saying that yet. However, I mean, the dude really didn't even get a shot in his rookie season. So I don't really count that. I almost count, like, you know, last year almost as, like, his real first shot because Dirk Cutter just didn't give him a shot. And I know that Jason Light and the entire front office were really frustrated with Cutter that, you know— they didn't give him a shot like he drafted him in the second round come on um i I don't know if we watch the same bucks games if if that if the guy thinks that dario gawale shows more flashes than ronald jones when ogle doesn't even run the ball and i believe uh you know he catches the ball better like he has better hands sure but like he doesn't do anything dynamic with the ball when he gets it, so I don't know where the the flashes that that came from. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, if they drafted him to replace Ronald Jones, uh, they got another thing coming because the guy that they drafted to replace Ronald Jones, Jones is better than, uh, so and probably always will be better than. So I, I don't I don't see it like that. I think Jones is the clear number one back uh, on this team. Look, I mean we're not trying to sit here and and, and hype anyone up for our, our own, you know, personal gain besides, you know, the great one, Parnell Motley. But uh <laughs> you know, I just I, I you know, we we talk about Rojo, but I look I call it like I say it. I don't think that that Rojo is going to be ever be a star running back. I don't think honestly, if you want to talk about worth a second round pick, probably not. But I also don't think – I think this team could do a whole lot worse. And I think you're going to see this season he's going to be more of an impact in the passing game than he was even last year. And I just think that he's going to be able to, to really contribute in a big way not like a star because I just think there's too many there's too many weapons on his team for him to even be a star running back in my opinion and I still this is a Bruce Arians offense they're gonna be throwing the ball a good bit so
0: well and you uh, you look at just ahead.
1: the history of the running back position in particular it's often said they're the most disposable position in football yeah. so I, I don't think that this is an offense that leans entirely on the running back production it damn sure helps. You know, if you can throw the ball less, obviously Aaron for more or less interceptions. um, But I mean, Tom Brady already being a guy who doesn't turn the ball over that many times. But you can see what I mean. You can see the trend and you can see how a lot of people can understand, I guess, why or at least be on the side that you are where, you know, Rojo's not going to pan out to be as hype as everyone thinks he's going to be. But I'm just I'm in that group of people that I I think this kid's going to be good. How long do I think he's going to be good? I don't know.
2: I have to see him I mean, be good still, first. But I think he's still very he, young. Like, yeah. Yeah, people forget he entered the league when he was 20 years old. Like, a lot of people forget that. I mean, this is a 20-year-old in his rookie season that, yeah, maybe he didn't take it as seriously as he needed to, but I think last year he really matured, and this year it seems like he's bulked up a little bit. So I, I think he's going to keep improving. I just don't know how high his ceiling actually is. Yeah. No, I understand. And, and you know, I just – like I, I honestly, I feel like what you see this year is what you're gonna get for the rest of his career. What you see this year is what you're gonna get. You're not. Gonna I, get I can
1: agree you with you there. That. You know, we've talked about it on the show before how big of a year this is for him in general, um, and so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm, you know, me, the eternal optimist. But I'm in the group of people where I think it's going to end up being good, and I will agree that I think what you see of him this year is going to be maybe the best of what you see for the rest of his career. But um, I think he's a guy who deserves a fair shot and to carry the load for this run game because he did not do that last year. So we'll see what happens. But Liam, I'm sure there are people who agree with you. I'm sure there are plenty of people who disagree with you, such as myself. And if you are in any of those majorities of people, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment for us. We'll read over your comments. And of course we'll respond to anything spicy in any future episodes. Now, I wanted to move on from Ronald Jones and kind of talk about the rest of this team. We talked about the secondary, answered maybe some questions that people had left about some guys in that secondary. Let's talk about the man that everyone is here to see. That's Tom Brady and the effect that he's had on this football team. I know it seems like for weeks here on the show, we've talked about the Brady effect. We've talked about how he makes everyone around him better, Um, but we're seeing that in action. And I think we still have to talk about it because it is a pretty good thing to see especially on a limited season such as this one. So, you know, one of my favorite things to hear on all these press conferences and these in these post-practice interviews is that um, the presence of Brady is just upping everyone's game. Like guys all over the defense, those young guys in the secondary that we talked about, they are having to adapt their learning skills and learn a little bit faster than they normally would. They have to adapt to Brady being a guy with a quicker release. You know, I, I, and I feel like they're just getting it a little bit better. I'd seen somebody make a post on social media recently, and they brought up an awesome point. Um, I think, you know, not having fans at training camp is a big thing, but just not having any distractions whatsoever. You know, like you've got a couple of journalists there taking pictures from 100 feet away over on the sidelines where the fans used to be. But some days you have music playing, some days you don't. It's just football happening. Like there's nobody being pulled aside from practice to go interview with NFL Network and try and ask a question about a contract. You know, it's these guys in their element, 100 percent Football's happening. And I think it's the best spot for these guys to be. And I think this team is far more prepared than a lot of people think they are.
2: Well, you you know, the eternal optimist. So, I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, you know think, me, baby.
2: You know, you're going to. Yeah, our season prediction shows coming up here shortly, and you'll probably predict them to, to blow the doors off the Saints week one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do agree with you that it is a lot less distractions, and that could lead to more preparation being done. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know those players. Yeah, they do a good job of tuning out the fans at training camp, but it is semi a distraction. Uh, I think the music is kind of a distraction. I'm actually surprised they had it this year because they didn't have it at all last year. Yeah, uh, I, th- I feel like something... maybe the presence of Brady, they've earned it. You know, <laughs> that was something that. Uh, well, I mean, they went seven and nine last year. I'm not worried about Tom Brady. I don't <laughs> think they earned music, but uh, you win the Super Bowl and and you can get music uh, and your ping pong table back. Um, all right, Bruce. <laughs> hey, but well, I mean, well, Bruce came in last year and got rid of the ping pong. Absolutely. Table and yeah. And didn't play any music at training camp. And now it's back. I mean, I don't really care that much, but just I mean, you are right. It's it's a lot less distractions. It's a lot more work. Uh, focus on your game. Focus on what you need to do. You can hear the coaches clearly now. You don't need, you know, anything repeated or anything. Or let's say you can't hear the coach clearly. but you just go. Yep. Yep. All right. Go out. You don't do it right. You know, oh well. Right now, it's you're you're gonna be able to hear it clear, and know exactly where to be, uh, and I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a unique situation. There's still a lot of limitations, but and I mean, it's not an ideal situation for anybody. These players, I mean, honestly, these players aren't in shape right now. I mean, they're they're not in tip-top shape to be able to play a football game in less than three weeks. They're not, but nobody else is in the NFL either. Right. So, I mean, it's just the reality of the situation that the first two three weeks of this season, I think, are going to be fairly rough. Uh, just like it might be some fun football games, but it's going to be a lot of sloppy football games. Be some ugly football. So it's there's going to be, I think, a good bit of penalties. I think penalties are going to be at all time high, uh, just because play, I mean, especially with no preseason. Like, man, you've had no game action, which is why I believe the Colts today went in their stadium. They did kind of a scrimmage. The Bucks have announced that they're going to do two of those. Uh, and I've had a lot of people ask me, like, is it going to be televised or anything like that? Not that I know of. Uh, and I don't – probably won't be open uh, to the public for anybody to go or probably be available on, like, the Bucks app or anything. I'm sure you'll get a few highlights out of it, but um, I would expect, you know, since – Training camp coverage is limited. I think they're going to include that as part of training camp and not really allow many people to to see what's going on. I don't even know if – I don't even think the media knows yet if they're going to be allowed to be there in the stadium for it. So Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just one of the things that you're going to do to get prepared. And, I mean, back to, to the Brady point, you know, uh, of these rookie DBs and, and these young DBs, I mean, this could be a blessing for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, to go up against a guy like Tom Brady, I mean, you always say, you know, competition makes you better and practice makes perfect. Well, when that competition on the other side is the greatest quarterback ever, and it's not like he's throwing to me and you out there. Like, he's throwing to real weapons, you know. I mean, they're real good weapons, so... Like this DB group, I mean, I don't know if they're obviously practices way different than a game, but you look at their schedule and besides the Chiefs and Saints, really, I mean, do they play an offensive arsenal like the Bucks, like what they're facing at practice, you know, every day. So I think a lot of people, wide receivers and corners always talk about going up against this guy's maybe better. Right?
0: Yeah,
2: I've been able to, you know. The Bucs corners were able to handle with speed a little bit better when Deshaun Jackson was here because they faced it in practice. So they were able to adjust to it. You know, a big guy like Mike Evans, the Bucks corners are able to adjust to that when they see it on Sunday. So I think that's a big deal. And I mean a, yeah, a quarterback like Tom Brady that is one of the most cerebral quarterbacks that is just gonna pick you apart. He's not going to be Mahomes and not going to run around just chuck the ball up, and it's going to be a perfect dot right yeah. in the arms. But what he's going to do is he's going to read it, and he's going to pick you apart. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's only going to make you better. And they film all the practices, so, like, you're watching film on that, and it's just, you know, it's just a learning experience. So I think it is a big deal, um, and I think it's, it's especially for – Not really so much for, like, the veterans, I think, but, I mean, for this, for the three corners, Parnell Motley included, I guess, four, you could say, the four studs they got, right? Um, And then, you know, Antoine Winfield, especially, a rookie. Uh, Mike Edwards, second-year player. Jordan Whitehead, third-year player. I mean, even Andrew Adams, who's, you know, 26, 27 years old. Uh, It's just – it's it's great, and it's really – you wouldn't get the same thing with Jameis Winston. You just wouldn't. I mean, and you wouldn't get the same thing with many quarterbacks. Like, I'm not just saying it's not a Jameis thing. It's just the fact that it's Tom Brady, and that's the type of player he is and always has been. So it, it is, to to end it. my rambling here, it's very good, and I feel like, yes, they are more prepared than I even think they thought they would be at this point. But I still think you're going to see a lot of sloppy football.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get you. And, and I think for the Bucks, you know, the big thing is um, you, you brought up those younger guys of being good for those guys in the secondary. They film those practices that you also just said. But a lot of the things that you see and a lot of the things that you hear those guys in the secondary say is like, oh, you know, Tom's gotten me a little bit better at learning when the quarterback is eyeing me off of a certain position. Right, like you've heard so many times where a player just makes the wrong play because Brady is good at eyeing him off, thinking the ball's gonna go there, and then he thinks it's somewhere else, and you know, it's a touchdown at six points. So I think it's a good learning experience. With it being somewhat of an even playing field, the Bucks getting that OTA work in, quote unquote, back in April and May and June, before training camp had even been regulated and started, I think even goes even farther and it gets these guys even more prepared. But just like you had said, you know, I'm excited to see week one football because then we'll be able to know what type of team this is every Sunday or Saturday, depending on if they reschedule those games, but looking forward to it. That'd be kind of dope. Yeah. (laughs) Not going to lie. One last thing before we wrap up this show. And uh, unfortunately I think it's something that Bucks fans are very well familiar with. Evan, We got ourselves a kicking battle on our hands, boy. Oh, do we? A little kicking competition at camp. Do we? We're not going to spend a ton of time on this. I'm not going to dismiss anyone talking about it because I know it is a big deal, especially to people who have watched the Buccaneers lose games because of the kicker. And I know that Matt Gay is no exception. You know, I I am not... Think about
2: it this way. If Matt Gay makes one of those kicks versus the Falcons, there is a... Much better chance that Jameis Winston is the quarterback right now.
1: Isn't that crazy? And if he makes one of those kicks against the Giants, there's maybe an even better chance that the Buccaneers win, possibly
2: nine games. I don't know. It would go. They they would have gone nine and seven. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. I mean, but they, I, there's just so many games. They would have wanna... beaten Tom Brady when he came to Tampa the first time, if it wasn't for Nick Folk. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so
1: the thing about this kicking competition, I wanted to bring it up because I feel like it is definitely worthy of talking about it, but I'm just going to make it simple. I don't think it is uh, a real competition. I don't think Elliot Fry is going to win the job. I don't expect to see him as our starting kicker week one. I think Matt Gay has got it in the bag. I still think it's his battle to lose. Both of those kickers had bad days. They both went out. They were perfect today, by the way, five for five for both of those guys from training camp today. But this time a year ago, I remember we were upset because Matt Gay had missed a 37-yard field goal against Cleveland in that preseason game. And, I mean, he had the rookie season that he did. Granted, he made some mistakes last year. Granted, he was a rookie. I just I, – I'm still in the boat that I believe he can get better and I believe he can still be a good kicker for this team for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, I don't – like how we were saying before the show started, I feel like if this was any other team, this wouldn't be a huge deal. Yeah. But since it's the Bucks, and it seems like whenever they kind of find their answer, there's always something that throws the wrench into it. Um, you know, like Cairo Santos, uh, after they released Chandler Catanzaro, they signed Cairo Santos and Santos did fairly well but then they drafted Matt gay and you're like, Oh, here we go again with another kicking competition. And then Matt gay wins the thing. And then he goes on and has a a solid year. Missed Obviously the kick versus the giants, but then his last two games were just awful. Like, I mean, if he doesn't have those bad two games, uh, man, you're not even talking about, you know, like worrying about Matt gay, but I mean, they happen. So you got to talk about them. Uh, I mean, what he missed three against the Falcons. He missed three field goals against the Falcons. I believe he missed a field goal against the Texans as well. But it was like, I think it was blocked, or it was I think it was blocked blocked against Houston. Pretty long one, yeah. I think it was blocked because that was at the start of that game when like nothing was going right for them. Yeah. Um. So I mean, just overall, just those last two games, he just didn't finish on a high note at all, and that's not what you want to see. Um. So. Now you come into this this season and not many people are talking about it until you hit into training camp. And still not many people were talking about it until Matt Gay finally had a day where he was like two for five or something, and Elliot Fry was like four for five or five for five. And everybody was like, uh oh, like is Elliot Fry gonna gonna take the job? Look, I I I don't see without the preseason, it's tough for Elliot Fry, I think, to win the job. Especially without the preseason, because I think with, without the preseason, they're going to go with the guy that, A, they drafted in the fifth round, and two, the guy that was decent for them last year, for the for most part of the year. Yeah. So without a preseason and an actual in-game, it's different kicking in practice versus kicking in a game. It's so different. And maybe those scrimmages, maybe, you know, obviously they'll do some kicking there, but even then, it's a different mindset. You know that, like, nobody's watching you. Like, there's not... Cameras point on you. You're not on TV. If you miss, nobody's gonna like. So like, reporters might be able to report on it, but nobody's gonna be like, oh, this and that. So I, it, it's less pressure. And without a preseason, I think a guy like Elliot Fry is just on the outside looking in. And when it comes to when it comes to a kicking battle, now I think that if this keeps up, and maybe Elliot Fry starts like out like kicking gay, then they may actually keep gay, but have like. Get, like him on like a short leash, right? To where, like, like first two, three games, like he's got to be perfect or hit on like 90% of his kicks or like 95. Like, he's got to hit all of his extra points and he can only miss certain, you know, certain amount of field goals and just have like him on a short leash and say, Look, man, like you can't if the Bucks lose 23 to 21 versus New Orleans, but you missed two field goals, like, come on,
1: yeah, you that's know? tough,
2: like y- you cost them the game. So, I think something like that would cost him his job but right now I think the competition there isn't a competition I should say uh, I think that it's mac a's job and he's just gonna he's gonna be able to to keep it and and he'll be I think he'll be fine um but you know just that part of the field that like inside like th- like that, that 30 32 to 40 yard range that where he kicks it man he just can't seem to get it right and I know that like people have like researched that like the Bucks Stadium, Raymond James is like a pretty <laughs> tough place to kick actually because I don't know how like the stadium is and the wind and stuff something weird. Um, but it, man, I don't know. It, it's it's very strange. I hope he figures it out. Uh, I don't think it's a competition, but I wouldn't be surprised if they really kept a close eye on him. Yeah.
1: I I hope he figures it out too, just for the sake of this team. You know, I feel like, yeah, just to shut up about it, you know, where this team is at, I feel like they're far more prepared for anything else than to have, you know, a troublesome kicker. And if there was anything that holds this team back this year, it would be a real shame if it was a kicker who wasn't all there. But at this rate, we just have to wait and see folks. I guarantee you this training camp battle is maybe going to fizzle out by the time the season comes around, but I guess all we have to do at that point is just wait and see. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube with our video stream or checking us out anywhere else on MP3. You can listen on any major podcast platform as well. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. It's your best spot to get updates on the show. And, of course, any Buccaneers news that might come out as well. Make sure you follow myself on social media at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. Instagram and Twitter, make sure you go hook that up. You can also follow my co-host, Mr. Evan Wanish, on Twitter at evan nfl and on instagram you can check him out at bucks daily the number one buccaneers fan page on instagram Twenty five thousand followers just yet
2: uh no let me just check just right now live 24.5 still so i mean um, we set
1: a goal a while ago stuck. before
2: week one so we'll have to see what happens kinda but I'm definitely rooting for you i'm in your corner well hopefully i mean it, it's it helps when they win, so hopefully, yeah. I mean, even like without a preseason, it's hurt me too because like you're not a, just not able to post as much like different stuff, so yeah, uh, you're not able to cover actual games. So I feel like I might be able to have an asterisk kind of next to the whole twenty five k by by week one thing, just because if it was a normal year, I feel like I would, right, uh, but. You know, maybe give me until like week three, I think maybe. Okay. Uh, And then see if I got 25K. If not, I will accept defeat and I'll get 25K at some point during the year, but it won't be by my goal. So. (laughs) Well, speaking of showing some
1: love, I also wanted to take a second and thank everybody who's been subscribing to the channel. Uh, Recently, we put out a highlight video that I worked pretty hard on, and it is our most viewed video in channel history. I think right now it is right around 15,000 views which is just kind of crazy for the realm of, you know, Bucks yeah, YouTube so and what we've we done. We do so, we do a podcast
2: and nobody listens to it, but yeah, you know, I love the highlights.
1: Oh yeah, they love the highlights. That's what brings the people in. So maybe if you're from the highlights checking out the podcast, we truly do appreciate you and everybody else who's been subscribing and helping those
0: American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the US. Visit american-giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at american-giant.com, code STAPLE20.
1: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast People Are The Worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.